And you know what? I agree, especially with that one sperm on the side of the helmet like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know. It confuses know. the hell out of me. Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. This is Kristen from Nebraska. You're listening to Packers Without Borders. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I am your humble, good-looking, tall, and effervescent co-host up here in the land of the free, home of the freezing, Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy down in the warm, hot, desert sun in El Paso, Texas. Bruce Edmonds, how you doing, Bruce? I'm doing good, buddy. You know what week it is? It's uh, the Purple People Jokers week. Yes, that is correct. I was looking forward to this week, man. I, I circled it on the calendar just for the pod. Just for oh, the pod, I circled it. Because I can't you. wait to have you. This is Matt Rant Day. Oh, buddy. I. You know what? <clears throat> Other podcasts, I know Matt Ramage does this all the time. Why the Vikings suck? Why this and that? And, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. And I'll tell you exactly why I have this hatred. Because I can pinpoint it. I can fucking pinpoint my hatred towards the Vikings. It's not because of their players. They have a handful of players that I really like. And I really enjoy watching play. I, I wanted do. Jefferson really I, bad. Oh, man. Right? And Griffin. And they've always had a D-line that has always made me very jealous. They've got a handful of linebackers that are in top notch. Right? They had that tight end for a little while there. Was it Rudolph? Fuck. Yeah, Kyle they Rudolph. Some, they had yeah. some key players. Right? And, of course, Adrian Peterson and those guys. 200 yards against the Packers how many fucking times did he do that it just it's irritating it's, it's the fans the yeah. fans aren't don't humble. be politically correct I was gonna say you kind of held the back fans, there buddy the fans aren't a humble group okay now I'm not talking about oh well there's this guy here there's this guy I'm talking about all of them when you get into it with the Vikings fan you can only and we've talked about this you can only hand select one or two of these yep. Vikings fans that are actually coherent and will have a normal conversation with you. Yep. Everyone else has got this whooped up thing in their head that they're so freaking fantastic. They hang a goddamn banner for anything that they do. These guys are excited at the opening of a letter for Christ's sakes. And they jam it in our faces. We're going to beat the Packers. Packer, pa, 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 pa. You know what the Packers are saying? We're going to win the Super Bowl. The Vikings are an afterthought. We, whether we win to the Vikings or lose to the Vikings, has no, you know, it has no bearing on the fact that our goal is Super Bowl. Beyond where you are and beyond where you have have ever gone, we are going there again, and that's our goal. Now, mm -hmm. 
Bears fans are a little bit more realistic. And you have to remember, for years, the Bears beat the hell out of us. Mm-hmm. And for now years, we've beat the hell out of them. It's, it's a rivalry. It's a hated rivalry. And when the game is on during those 60 minutes, we could kill each other. But before and afterwards, we laugh, yeah, we poke fun, we ah, ah, you suck, we suck, you out. Ah, I don't suck, you suck, oh, your mom sucks. It's, it's all in fun and games. And we don't take it personally. We understand that, yeah, you might be up this year or even the next year, but we'll be up again and it'll come back. With the Vikings fans, it's a constant screw you out of their mouths. And that's why I hate the Vikings. That is what I have enjoyed the most about this season, man. You think about Bears and Vikings fans, and I'll throw in the Lions fans because they're in our division. We can't make fun of them. You can't make but, fun of them. That's like no. that's like making fun of you know uh, yeah. the challenged. Yeah. You cannot, it is way politically incorrect. The poor Lions, I mean, seriously, we we're, we're going to start a GoFundMe page to maybe try and buy the Lions so that they could start, you know, getting hey, better players. You know what? They haven't lost in two weeks. Oh. But. <laughs> they haven't won either. <laughs> you think about, think about how they feel right now where we've had Hall of Fame quarterback after Hall of Fame quarterback destroying them with an incredible offense. And then this year, which is what I am enjoying more than anything is now, you know, the bears think that they have, and they've always had a better defense than our beloved Packers. Minnesota has always had a better defense than our beloved Packers. And this year now it's like, Oh fuck. Now the Packers have a bit, which they're not going to accept that our defense is better than theirs, but someone learned to pot. Oh my God. Exactly. Right. Someone learned to pot. The price is wrong, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's what I'm enjoying about this. And there, before Florio was a fucking moron. Oh, um, again, which it was. Is it just me? Or does Florio and Felatio sound a lot alike? I've just... Well, it, so- it sounds a lot like Floreado, which means when your asshole has exploded, you know, when you take a shit, you have those hemorrhoids oh. hanging out of your ass. Oh, and it... <laughs> oh. I think that's it. You, you're yeah. onto something. Yes. I think you nailed it. Yeah. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> when you blow your asshole out, it's called Floreado. Florio, Floreado. There you go. That's, you know, and I just imagine him in his basement and he's like, oh, yeah tweet this watch this roger sucks and everything about roger sucks and then like his mom calls it out hey mike it's time for dinner and then he'll yell up mom bring me down some hot pockets i'm killing it on the twitter <laughs> you know what oh. i mean <laughs> well before we get into that or we don't even need to uh because i don't want to give that guy any more airspace than he fucking deserves but there was a conversation that you, I, you and I um, started kind of engaging in in terms of how the defense is playing. And when Jaw comes back, what's going to be the replacement? What's the move going to be, right? Like who's playing um, lights out? What are we going to do when Jair comes back? Because we're not even talking about the top safety due in the NFL right now, which we'll get into as well. But I want to focus on the cornerbacks today. And let's just 
you know, thank you to those 12s of listeners who allowed yeah. us to be able to purchase PFF so we can actually put some numbers to this, which I've always liked to do. So we can see who's performing well, well, right? I mean, last week was the epitome to me. The last three weeks really have been the epitome of what this defense is about. And it's not, dude, we're not even rushing. We're not even purposefully rushing the passer. We blitzed on 19% of snaps last week. We were rushing with four and we got home. What does that do? It opens up. Yeah, we're gonna play dime, and we know you can't beat us. It's it's mind it's it's mind bottling, mind bottling. You know, it is where yes, where all your all your thoughts get trapped in your head like in a bottle. Mind bottling, right? Like it. It uh, to watch this defense, you know, and for years, and I'm sure other fans are just like this. You know, we'd see the defense do a three and out, and it would be such Mm -hmm. an anomaly, and then we'd see one big play and then another big play. And then we'd get ready for the sigh because here it comes, here comes the throat cut. And the last couple of weeks we've been watching this three and out, three and out, one big play, half a play, one or two first downs, and then shut down. And for me, it's like, you know, watching, you know, watching a baby walk, you know, you're like any given minute and they're going to fall over. They're going to tip over and everything's going to go to heck. It is the strangest, you know, I feel like a monkey with, who's just in fire, invented fire, you know, like, what is this? What is everybody, this I'm seeing? <laughs> everybody, including myself, is apologizing yeah. to Joe Barry. Right? I, I, I signed the card immediately. I was like, hey, you know what, Joe? Apparently, you know more than I do. And my hat's off to you. It's the same team other than Stokes, but we don't have It's Jair. even less. It's even less than the same team. It's even and less. He so should be failing. He should be failing right now. We are missing Jair. We are missing Zadarius. We are missing, right, like Kiki didn't play. Like we, there's a handful of these guys that we are missing that are serious keys. And, and let's be honest, okay? If you went to any defense in the league and you got rid of their best corner, mm-hmm. their best rusher, and one of their best defensive tackles that would collapse their defense. Collapse Absolutely. it. You could tear them to heck. Tear them to heck. And this team is like, nah, we could lose three or four more, man. We're going to bring it to you. And we got guys like we got guys like Sullivan, and I'm calling out Sullivan, and I'm going to tag him in this podcast, and I want him to know because Bruce has been a huge supporter of Sullivan from the beginning. I, too – I too said he's he's starting from preseason, to man. Preseason, yeah. it was like that dude needs to be on the field because yeah. he comes down, and the biggest key to our defense is tackling. And just I, I actually started looking at this, and what Sullivan brings exactly what this defense needs, which is what everybody's doing. Every single person is a solid. We're the best tackling team in the NFL. So even Period. though we're playing soft, we're not bailing out of soft coverage what we're doing is they're reading and reacting just like campbell's been doing all year and all these dudes come up and make the fucking hit and there's no yards after catch i mean you look at the yards per target it's average of 6.7 yards per target that we're giving up to the fucking wide receivers our, there it is our 6. safety 7. duo our safety duo savage and amos the best in the league period Period. Every time Russell Wilson, I mean, come on, you had to have felt it too. Every time Russell Wilson leaned back and chucked one deep, my heart stopped dead in my chest because I was like, somebody's wide open. 
Why is he chucking it that deep? Somebody's wide open. And then there's, there's Amos back there under it. Come on down. Chuck Smoking a cigarette. Waiting <laughs> yeah. for it. Checks his, watch. Chair. <laughs> Checks his watch. Checks his watch. He's like, ah, still up there. Okay, any second now. It has been fantastic. It's a two deep cover two shell where we will give you anything under four yards. We'll give you and Kevin King and destroy you. Kevin King is finally being used properly. He is up on these receivers. He is jamming these receivers. He is not on the Ferrari because he does not have Ferrari speed and Eric Stokes stoked on Stokes. And I'm going to say it, I'm going to call it right now. And I don't care what anybody else says. The moment the Packers drafted Eric Stokes, I was beyond excited. I knew we needed a corner. This was the guy when they said Stokes, Stokes. when they said Stokes, it was like they called my name. I was so excited. This guy is so fast, so talented. He's such a dog. And then everybody talked trash about him, all OTAs, because you pulled the South Park. You pulled the South Park, just spooge all over yourself, right? Oh, man. In that moment. And then, and then all OTAs and camp, he's working on Devontae and Rogers. And apparently he can't cover Devontae and Rogers. Well, yeah, nobody can. If you watch the game, they had to put three guys on Devontae, and Devontae was still making catches. Mm-hmm. And people just would grind Stokes. Oh, he can't do it. Oh, he's just getting tired. Blah, blah, blah. Now what? Now what? Nobody throws his way. You know why nobody throws his way? Because he's standing right beside the wide receiver, wherever the wide receiver is. Like you said, iron sharpens iron. Period. This is a defense. Campbell is rocking out. Here you go. So here are where our... um, Fucking mute the stupid fucking phone. Oh, Here's where we are. Here's where we are. Um, a- a season average, right? Because we know they've been playing lights out, but let's look at an average throughout the season. Kevin King is number nine out of the entire NFL. NFL, which King. is 76 overall grade, which is, you know, Run defense, 66.6. So let's kind of put this into context. And I know everybody uses PFF stats, but 90s are elite. 80s are great. 70s are good. 60s are average. 50s are below average. 40s, you suck. 30s, you might as well just be choking on a penis. So he is at a 76, which means he is playing good. His run defense is a 66.6, which means he's good at tackling, right? When at, you're the looking same at, time, at the same time, your DB shouldn't be tackling the running back. And, and they're still doing it, and that's where we're exactly. getting his co- exactly. yeah, And his coverage grade is a 75. And that's, and that's including the fact that he had a couple of really shitty games at the beginning of the year where he was not being used properly. And, you know, Pettit didn't use him properly. And it's almost as if Joe Barry, wait a minute, does Joe Barry listen to this podcast? Because every adjustment that you and I have talked about, they've been made. Hey, Joe, Joe, send me a DM, bro. Send me a DM, man. Uh, I owe you a beer, brother. I owe you a beer, man. You're getting it. You're getting it, and you're getting home with four, which for me is mind-bottling. And the greatest part of this that, that kind of stood out to me after looking at all these grades, and I'll do this, he's 26 years old, all right? Right. So right. he's young. 
Right. Yeah. There's still some growing there. Jair is the second on the list at number 12, but obviously he hasn't played all season long, but he's at a 75 when he comes back. Sweet baby Jesus. I mean, cause he's not going to come back and that's what the Packers do. Just like Devonte did in the past until he's a hundred percent and he knows he's good. He's going to come back and we're doing this for the playoff run. They're being smart with him. Number three on the list is Eric Stokes. Now, yeah. He's 67. Eric, Eric should be one. Yep. And the, but when you look, put it in context, 67 sounds bad, but there's 32 teams with two corners, right? So he's a high end number two. There's 64 end. corners. Yeah. 64 okay. corners. Exactly. And that's not even the entire list. The entire exactly. list is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 200. So let's put that into context, right? He's, he's top quarter of the league in terms of how he's performing. He's got a, a and he hasn't started 6. yet. No, he hasn't started yet. He is just it. beginning. We're talking Revis Island hall of fame level here. This kid stays fucking healthy. I'm telling you, get the gold jacket. This kid stays healthy. And now let me ask you this. Okay. Oh, well yeah. they have Jalen Ramsey. They have this. You wait till Jair. And Jalen Ramsey. Me la pelas puso. You know, Jalen Ramsey listens to this podcast too. Me la pelas, pinche pendejo. Fuck you, Jalen. You're number two. You're number two. You're <laughs> yeah. number two. No, I don't even think he's number two anymore. No, he's number I think one he's right number three. now, but there's no Jair. There's no Jair, so he's he's number one right now, but that's all. Uh, it's because he in, hasn't had any you competition. Get, you get he used in hot zone on coverage. Heels. You get used in zone coverage a awful lot. Yeah, your PFF uh, scores are going to look great. Try being man-to-man and travel with the guy. When you did that shit with Devontae, Devontae tore you a new one. Okay? Yep. And, and he never accepted it, did he? Even no, there no. Was video oh, proof. no. There was video what happened? proof. What happened? You know, see, the sun was in my eyes and somebody was throwing popcorn. All right. Go away. It's really hard being this good looking. It's true. <laughs> Chandon Sullivan, Maddie. So yes, sir. When Jair comes back, because it's not an if, but when he comes back and he's 100%, People are talking about pulling Sullivan off of the field. Are you fucking nuts? Why would you do that? I would pull Razul before I would pull Chandy. And Razul is he what do you He's do? a legitimate, he's a legitimate. Okay, this is our issue. This is our serious you're, you're issue. You're a cornerback, right? buddy. So you tell me exactly what and this is as a, great, a coach if you had this issue. Oh, this is okay. My my first four years coaching, we had one corner. That was pretty good. So we ran a ton of zone. And I mean an absolute ton of zone because we couldn't we couldn't cover your grandma. She'd make a double move and be gone. Right? Like it, it was just bad. Drop the walker. Catch. My my fourth year, and this is why I talk about the competition in between DBs, because I have witnessed it, right? My fourth year, we had three guys come from the same high school. And two of them were extremely good corners. And the other one was a safety. And they constantly, did you see the hit on this guy? Did you see me cover that guy? They were always in each other's faces. If it was 60 nothing and we were getting blown out, they were keeping their guys locked down. They didn't concentrate on anything else because they were trying to outdo each other. Right? Like it was, it was a dream. It was an absolute dream. That's exactly what's oozing out of that room. And that's what's coming out of that room right now. Here's our issue. When Jair comes back, we legitimately have three CB2, four 
four CB2s. Four. Excuse me. Four. You've got King, CB2, Stokes, CB2, Sullivan, CB2, Doug and the guy who murder. tried to kill Batman, CB2. These are legitimate CB2s that could be on any other squad and be starting CB2. Now, you can't take Stokes off the field. So Stokes stays on the field, okay? 100%. Now you're down to King, Sullivan, and Douglas as your third guy. Now, and I'm, I'm saying this out loud as I'm talking this through. So let me make my decision. I process it out loud. I think out of the three of them, King, Sullivan, and Douglas, I think Sullivan is the fastest. I think Douglas has the best coverage. And I think King is the most physical. 100%. So in, in the slot, I like physical and I like speed. Now, Sullivan has some of those physical capabilities. He likes He's to pop so guys. consistent, man. So this is your, this is, this is like saying, do we start Dan Marino? Do we start Peyton Manning or do we start Brett Favre? And I don't think you can go wrong. I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, even, even black who's coming in as the third safety, he's coming into his own. These safeties are starting to feed off of each other. And what you're going to get is the best. And that's what we have right now. Henry Black secondary. pissed off Metcalf. Just oh. I'll leave it right there. And Metcalf is ticked because he looks over and he sees this guy named Black. He's never heard of Black. Who's this guy? Oh, he's all over you. That's who this guy is. This is fantastic. This is this is exactly what you wanted with all these first round picks that we've been we've been using, all these high draft picks that we've been getting uh, for corners and for our secondary, and making the trades to get uh, you know Amos and 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 getting these guys. This is exactly what you want as a defensive coordinator because it's plug and play. Oh, Stokes goes out, move this. That's guy what here, I was going to say. There. Don't there you, you think go. they're going to be looking at the actual player that they're going up against and finding out what matches up? That's exactly that. what's going to start. That's happening. what they're going to do. I mean, that's exactly it. If you need a physical, uh, if you need more physicality in the slot, you're going to put King in there. If you need more speed, you're going to put Sullivan. If you've got a guy like uh, Randall Cobb in the slot, right? You're going to want to put. Yep. You're going to want to put Douglas on him, right? Like. It, this is great because you can now you can start pinpointing these guys and then you can get into say the Rams and you can put Jair on, on OBJ or you can put Stokes on OBJ right now. You can put a lawn chair on OBJ, but yeah. I mean, you can start eliminating the number one, number two and number three targets. And you can have these guys like black Amos and Savage running around the middle of the field, waiting for the ball to be thrown. Yep. Yep. Dude. I, I just, and I'm looking at this right now because I wanted to compare. Um, so in 2018, we drafted Jair, rookie year, right? Came out, guns and blazing, second year, little dip. Now he's the man, right? 75 overall grade, a 76 in run defense, and a 75 in coverage. Right yeah. now, if we go to our boy, your boy, not my boy, your boy, um, you know, Stokes is at a 61 in his first year, right? So you compare that to Jair. Interestingly enough, the person that compares the most to grade-wise from rookie to now is actually Chandon Sullivan. 
when you're comparing him to Jair in terms of his run defense grade, his coverage grades, the overall everything. Yeah, he's not a world beater, but you know what? You don't need to be a world beater to not everybody's going to be the best cornerback. How many catches does Lockett have? Like the only the only play that Lockett got was his fake dive. Uh, as Sullivan, I love when these wide receivers, the, the DB is 10 yards deep. Yep. So they're well past the chuck rule. They're well past any other rule. And these wide receivers run right up and they shove the defender and then they make their break. Yep. Right. And then yep. when the defender gets on them right away, they do this. Oh, somebody shot me. Oh, look at me. Oh, garbage, garbage. And I, you know what? I, I tweeted it immediately. And Sullivan, Sullivan agreed with it. Don't tell the NFL. But I said that was just the worst PI call on Sullivan. I, I think I've seen in about a week because every week there's a garbage call where these wide receivers are just, oh, oh, always me. Oh, what do I do? You know, it's. Let's hear these numbers. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Leading receiver, which makes sense because the middle of the field is always open with us and as Phenomenal as Campbell has been, that's not, I mean, he's good in coverage, right? And we'll look yeah. at that. But Gerald Everett had eight for 63 and zero touchdowns. He's, Next he's a tight on the end. list. He's a tight yep, end. So exactly. he would have drawn, he would have drawn the coverage of a linebacker an awful lot of times. Right. Number two on the list was DK Metcock. Um with three receptions for 26 yards, 8.7 yard average and zero touchdowns. Next on the list was Travis Homer, their pass catching running back on checkdowns with three for 23 and zero touchdowns. Then you had Tyler Lockett, the sure-handed, I catch everything, I'm always open wide receiver, the possession receiver with two, for 23 yeah. and zero touchdowns. And then guess who's next on the list? You've got another tight end in Will Disley, two for 22, zero touchdowns. And then another running back, Alex Collins, with one reception for eight. And then they tried a different wide receiver, D. Eskridge, whoever the fuck that is, but he caught it once for minus four yards. Perfect. Hey, what's up, Packer fans? This is Coach Hawn, a.k.a. the smallest big mouth in the Midwest, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders. You know, if you like the Packers Without Borders with uh, me, Matt, and, of course, my good buddy Bruce in El Paso, and uh, the stuff that we, the content that we do, and some of the jokes and hilarious stuff, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that retweet button. Hit that subscribe button. Don't forget you can go on to Anchor. There's a uh, subscription. You could also uh, uh, help pay to sponsor. Keep the show going. You can do iTunes. You can do Spotify. We're on every platform you can possibly imagine, but really iTunes, Spotify, Anchor. If you guys can go in there and subscribe, retweet, help us out. That would be fantastic. You can follow Matt at LarsonMatt2 on Twitter, and you can follow me at Bruce Edmonds on Twitter as well. We love you guys. Really appreciate the support. Peace. Go pack go. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. Mm-hmm. Must be the season of the witch. Must be the- 
Hey guys, it's Randy McGray at Randman71 on Twitter, and you're listening to Matt and Bruce on Packers Without Borders. Perfect. What it's it I, I'm not in my in recent memory, I don't even think the teams and I really want to get IT Hedgehog on here to talk just past defenses versus this one to compare those iconic defenses that we remember. Charles Woodson, that era. I'm curious to see the difference between what we have, because this is kind of how it feels to me right now. It's one of those defenses that's going to win us games like they did on Sunday. Yep. Because our offense was horrible. I'm it not going to. It took LaFleur 48 minutes to realize he has a run game and it's working great. And this is driving me insane. Start the run game. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Oh, the old line is having trouble pass blocking. Run the ball. Oh, there's a pass rush we can't defeat. Run the ball. The defense. How do you stop? How do you stop? How do you stop? Yes. How do you stop a pass rush? You run it right at him, sir, on the heels instead of coming forward. Let our big O line punch their D line for a little while. Let our big guys plow for a little while. Look what happened with Washington. Look what they did to Tampa. They ran it down their throats. They played good defense and they stayed and they stuck to the run. And by the third quarter, it was over. They could call whatever play they wanted. They were, they, they were in. And, and that's, that's something that LaFleur does very well. He does. And it's not, it should be predicated on the run more than what we, you know, we, we keep pounding the table for pounding the rock, but you know, people are complaining about A.J. Dillon. He's not going to be as great. He averaged 3.1 yards a carry. That's not the point. The point was that he ran for first downs on three of those short yardage ones. So that's going to reduce your average. Don't forget, he fucking caught a ball and went 50 yards rumbling down the sideline like a just, oh, my God, he, he was floating. It was beautiful. He dragged. And this is for Kyle Brandt. I don't understand why Dylan isn't on angry runs. He dragged future Hall of Famer Bobby Wagner into the end zone. Business and I'm not decision. talking one yard or two yard. He dragged him into the end zone for a touchdown. Angry run. Angry run. Real angry run. Dylan, you know what? And this is, this is what I remember. We talked about this during the year. And I said, I imagined that between the twenties, we would see Dylan and we would see Jones as that reliever. That's how I see this tandem here is that your workhorse, that pitcher that's going to give you seven innings is Dylan. Dylan's going to just pound, 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 pound. And if he only averages three yards a carry, it doesn't matter. He's doing a huge disservice. I'll take a third and four every day. All day, every day, especially when we're going for it on fourth and ones all the with, time. Anyway, with Aaron right? Rodgers and Devontae Adams, yeah. because that's really all we have right now. Yeah, I am very concerned about our secondary receiving options. Lazard had the worst game of the season. He has not had all but one good game all season. I'm a concerned. One of these dudes needs to step up, man. Because I think it, I think the issue is Rodgers. He's not looking anywhere else. There was a handful of these plays. Where you can see Lazard is open. He MBS on the well, sideline. When he drops, when he, he drops two passes, but, you stop looking at him. Yeah, that's what he does. But MBS on the sidelines wide open. He underthrew him a little bit. MBS had to turn around to catch it and then turn and go. If he hits him in stride, that's a touchdown. There was a lot of these bombs he was chucking. And this is what we remember. We were saying this earlier. We don't have to run for three yards and then throw for forty-five. 
we can throw for four, we can throw for six, we can throw for 10, but he kept doing bomb, 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 bomb. And it's like, listen, you're not going to get into a rhythm chucking bombs all day. You got to, you know, let's, if, do you remember when Brett Favre was the quarterback, we had Ryan Grant was the running back and we're playing against Seattle in the playoffs. And we had Coon as fullback. And yeah. And, and it was snowing. And on yep. the very first play for the offense, we handed off to Ryan Grant, ran, Ryan Grant runs, fumbles the ball, Seattle, two, three plays later, they score a touchdown. We go back out there. Okay. We're only down by seven. We hand the ball off a couple plays later, Ryan Grant fumbles it again. Favre gets the guys on the sidelines. He talks to them for a minute. He goes out there. We get the ball back. Now we're down 14, nothing. This is a playoff game in the snow and Lambeau. The game is four minutes old and we're down 14, nothing. Favre goes out there, chucks a slant, chucks a hook, chucks a tight end out, another slant, another hook, just methodically click, 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 all the way down the field. We get the touchdown and the team takes a deep breath and Favre is now in rhythm and the old line has been moving forward and we got them on their heels and we win that game. I'm not saying Rodgers can't do that. What I'm saying is, is Rodgers is going three yard pass, 50 yard bomb, three yard pass, there's inter there's intermediate stuff and why on third why on third down are we going trips left no tight end and we're running to the and we're and and in shotgun this is the difference everybody was asking why do they do it why does the running back uh run from shotgun someplace and why does the you know the, the the quarterback step back and hand it off here's what it is okay generally a lot of the times when we're in shotgun and he's going to hand it off we need the running back to wait just a half a second because we're pulling a guard. We're pulling a tackle where the O-line is doing something which needs half a second delay before it can develop. Okay. The issue is, is Jones is the better back for that. Mm-hmm. Dylan needs to be hitting the hole at full speed. When we get underneath center and we turn Rodgers is handing that ball off to a running back with momentum. He is going to create that hole. He is going to burst through that hole. And that's what Dylan can do. We're making Jones run between the tackles, and he shouldn't be. He should be doing the sweeps and the little outs and all of that stuff, because when he gets in space, he's gone. Dylan is the guy that's your battering ram, and we shouldn't be using him. I mean, not... Now I saw that screen and he caught that screen and we should be using the screen for him. made some beautiful catches. Oh yeah. But his, his wheelhouse is between the tackles and we should be under center and handing it to him with momentum, not trying to create. You know, that mitigates and that mitigates the one knock that they have on Dylan that such a big man and he has a tendency to run a little bit too upright when he's already moving forward, his tendency is going to be to lean forward, which means harder to tackle as opposed to what you're talking about being in the background and starting from a standing position, grabbing the ball and then trying to figure something out as stuff develops. He's already too upright as opposed to just letting the guy get four yard head of steam and smash. He needs three or four steps to get up to speed where Jones makes one step and he's at speed. He's gone. Yep. See you later. Right. Jones is that guy in shotgun. Remember, remember when Brett Favre and we had Tony Fisher, number 40, Tony Fisher would be better. would be third and four and Tony Fisher would be standing beside Favre. Tony Fisher can make a step and go. And Tony Fisher made an entire career of standing next to Favre on only third downs. It would be a Mon Green, a Mon Green, a Mon Green. Oh, third and four, Tony Fisher come out. 
Yep. Right. And we get him in some space. Jones is that guy. We should be going between the twenties with Dylan and pound, 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 pound. And then when we get into the red zone, other than goal line stuff, but when we get into the red zone, this should be the Aaron Jones show. This should be like bringing in that picture. The reliever wild thing comes through the stadium and the crowd is sharing. Here comes Jones. Cause we know, Oh, it's all over now because 60% the defense conversion is rate inside the 10. What do you want? It, that defense is so tired and so tuckered. They can't do anything and they're not going to chase some guy like that. Right. That's what they should be doing. We should be seeing the double dose of Dylan. And then, you know what, when we get into the fourth quarter, you could put whoever you want back there. You and I could run back there for five yards of carry because those guys would be done. Yeah. And instead, Lafleur insists, and I think this has a lot to do with Rodgers because there was a handful of times where he opted out. There was that one where he doinked the uh, defender right in the helmet. That one was an RPO that he clearly made the wrong decision because Dylan came off his ass and there was a hole you could have drove a truck through. He'd have taken it 15, 20 yards. I wonder, and this goes back to remember Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy had a really good career with us when Rodgers didn't play. When Rodgers played, he would only get eight, 10 carries a game, maybe 12. And I understand Rodgers is the guy. You want the best quarterback, the ball in his hands, but you got to keep him upright. You got to keep him healthy. And Lacey, when Rodgers was there, there was a lot of times where Rodgers would opt out of the run and try a different play, try a different play, and we would struggle. And you'd be staring back at the kid who won the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, who uh, dang near led the league in rushing, you know, who toppled the Cowboys with Matt Flynn. I mean, we're talking about Eddie Lacy, who was tearing teams up. Suddenly, his workload went from 25 carries a game to 10 to 12, Right. I'm watching Aaron Jones make $48 million a year or a $48 million contract. And he's not touching the ball more than eight times a game. Why did we, I, I hate to say it folks, but why did we pay him that much money? We could get anybody to run eight times a game for a lot less than that. We need to be using these studs. We need to be, well, using them. you know, there's a lot more to Jones than just the eight touches. I mean, I agree with you, but there's the, his pass blocking grade is amazing. What he does, being in the right spot, doing everything the right way, has a lot to do with this offense. But, you know, interestingly, Monday night, watching that beauty of a game, seeing the Rams, who everybody thought was this unstoppable force, get fucking demolished by a, a team that's coming on that we beat very handily in the 49ers. And I know they were injured, but you know what? Their running back was injured. Not everybody else on that team, whatever. But Shanahan which is I wish these stupid fucking announcers for fantasy football would just take all the notes that these dot, that these uh, coaches have on what they're going to do during a game and just post it. So I know what the hell's going to happen during the game, you know, halfway through the broadcast, they're talking about how Shanahan said, no matter what the fuck happens, we're going to run the ball 40 times. There was 40 carries, Like that was his plan. We're going to, I don't yeah. care what happens. We're running it 40 times. And Matt LaFleur coming from that, that tree, whatever you want to call it, who has touted that his offense is predicated on the run, is running 30, 40, it's 46% of the time versus 54% of the time run to pass when it should be completely in the other direction. We're running less times than the, the average NFL team is doing, and we have the run game. That's what's beating all of these, these, this defense now 
that we're demolishing, even with a few points that we figured out, is this cover two shell because they don't want to they don't want to give up the big play. And if you have running backs, you lean on them. You run the ball down their throat until they decide to stack the box. And once you stack the box, you have Aaron fucking Rodgers and Devontae motherfucking Adams doing whatever they want to do. You have Randall Cobb who has more than admirably filled up because you want him to give you one or two games, three games during the season. That's what you expect from MBS. One play, two plays, one big game that wins us a game. Same thing with Lazard. They don't have to be these world beaters. I mean, if we had a world beater, holy fuck. Like if, and look, I understand the money and stuff and the attitude, but you telling me that OBJ uh, next to with the personality that Rogers had and Devonte had that he wasn't going to be able to contribute. I mean, with what we have now, so it's feast on the run, open up the passing game and there's nobody better. You're still the reigning MVP at center who can fucking destroy the next team up on the block. It's, it's, it's so fun to watch dude. You, but they need to do it. You want to make the defense do something they didn't plan on doing. That's what you want. And as a defense, you want to make the offense to do something they weren't planning on doing. And if they want to run a cover two and give us the run lanes, then run the bloody ball until they go cover one or, or, or zero coverage and then Whatever. throw it. And yeah. then throw it. We're not getting the play action because we're not doing the run that comes with the play action. And there's, there's Rogers. I mean, this, this absolutely kills me. We had one drive that was uh, 61 yards. It was, mm -hmm. it was five rushes, three passes. And the first thing we do when we get into the red zone is three quick passes and we're out. We don't go back to the run, which got us all the way down here. The next drive, we go 84 yards. And the first thing we do is pass, pass, pass. Come on, come on. Got to stick with it. Even if it is a one yard gain, you have to keep telling the defense and, and lull the defense into that slumber that when they say, HUD, I got to make the tackle. They say, HUD, I got to make the tackle. Get it in their heads. The play action and trickery happens when you've punted the ball the last 65 times in a row and they're like, nope, they're not going to do anything other than punt it. That's when the trick play goes off without a hitch. That's mm -hmm. when a play action works is when you have been consistent and we're not consistent. The only thing we're consistent about is, is we go into 21 personnel, we bring over big dog and we bring over Deguara and then Deguara kind of takes a half step back and we look like we're in the U and here it comes. It's a run. It's a run. You can see it's coming. It's a run. Mm -hmm. The worst part is, is that when we decide to pass, we do the same thing, but we let Deguara go all the way out and then big dog go somewhere else. And it's like, well, this is clearly a pass. Because if they hand it off, we don't have enough guys on the line to cover the, and they hand it off. Right. Come on, Matt. The, the, this is an easy fix. These are minor adjustments that you should be able to do from the sideline. And if your MVP quarterback doesn't want to make these adjustments, then you got a bigger problem. Because right now, your defense is winning these games. And we get into that championship game and... Rodgers decides, you know, you know what? I know that this is a team that we're not we going to run up against. 17 points in the playoffs. No, no, not no. against Dallas, it, not against name, the Rams, not name against the four Tampa. weapons. Name four weapons we have on the offense. Name four. Well, Jones, Dylan, Adams, Lazard, MBS, and Rodgers, and Rodgers, and Rodgers. Yep. 
These are the four. Yeah. Two of those, two of those four are running backs. Yeah. If you were to make a five, a top five on our offense list, one of them would include an offensive lineman. This Absolutely. tells me that more of your team is run set up than pass. And yet we're doing nothing but pass. Rogers, you want big numbers for Devontae? Let me show you how to achieve those. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. You know what's going to happen? They take three guys off of Devontae to cover the run, and Devontae will be wide open. And he yeah. can feast. He can feast. He's double covered and still three yards wide open. Ah, just that dude. Jones, oh Jones is the type of player that needs 15 to 18 touches he needs to, break to get going. To get going. As soon as he gets going. Dylan can go out there ice cold and hammer down. You need yeah. to get Jones moving and you need to get Dylan in there immediately. And you know, not to make light of the injury to Jones, but it's one to two weeks. Thank God that it's yes. a mild sprain and it's yeah. perfect timing. Dylan smash by week. Then we have the bears right afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Take three weeks, take three yeah. weeks. You know what? If the team is still winning, take four weeks. If the team wins again, take five weeks. Right? Like, I would much rather baby that MCL of Jones because when we get to the playoffs, if he's not getting 25 touches a game, we're in trouble. Yeah. We're in trouble. Yeah, you look what we did to Tennessee, or not to Tennessee, what we did to the Rams. Yeah. No, what what we we did did to Tennessee last year. What did we do? We ran Dylan down their throat until they couldn't take it no more. Yep. Right? Yep. Look yep. what we did with Jones, Jones yep. and the Rams, right? Yep. That's, I understand we got to keep them healthy, but at the same time, you got to keep them occupied and you got to keep them moving. Well, we kicked their ass. They scored zero points. So on to Vikings week. I have got for you, sir. Okay. We're going to do some top tens. Yeah. Okay. I'm What's the name of your top 10? My is top 10 Minnesota jokes. Top 10. Minnesota jokes. Number 10. In Minnesota, it gets so cold, you can eat soft serve directly from the udder. (laughs) Number nine. That joke was utterly bad. Number nine. Okay. The The Minnesota Vikings walk into a bar to watch the Super Bowl. Number eight. <laughs> Which state serves? I didn't my, my I didn't mute my mic. I just I was waiting for the. Punch I know line. it was quite no. That was the punchline. They went okay. Minnesota Don't worry. I've got a top ten. Got it. I've got a top ten. There's there's four or five on there that I'm convinced are pretty bad. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> which Which state serves the small smallest soft drinks? Minnesota. That's right. Why do New Yorkers like to visit Minnesota? I don't know. Because that's where the mini apple is. Oh. Uh, Why do all trees in Wisconsin lean west? Because of the smell. Because Minnesota sucks. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. Why don't the Minnesota Vikings eat cereal? 
because they choke when they get close to the ball. Yes, sir. <laughs> I heard that one. That's a good one. I love that one. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. I have the top there 10 reasons. There were some in there, son. There were some there was, humdingers. There was some. Uh, let me tell you, Daddy O, that was pretty stacks and wax with cool stacks of wax. Uh, I have the top 10 reasons the Vikings suck. Okay. I was a little bit more specific. I didn't want to make fun of the whole did state. You have, did you have a, a list of 100 and you just picked your top 10 out of the 100 reasons why the Minnesota Vikings suck? Well, it was 1,000. And was I, just thousand. Ran, I just randomly grabbed 10. Death by paper cuts. Death by paper cuts. Number 10, the fans. <laughs> Number nine, why is there a sperm, a single sperm on the side of the helmet? That's always and it's yellow, me. which means like it's like, you know, it's know. ruined. It's already I don't know. like, yeah, it's. I don't know. <laughs> Number eight, are the costumes purple because you always choke? Yeah. Oh. No, they were purple because they're choking all the time. And it's like a flash, like, come and give me the Heimlich. Like, constantly, oh. they constantly choke. And instead of raising their hand, now they wear purple. The top ten reasons the Vikings suck. Number seven, after something good happens, they need to immediately blow something. <laughs> Just terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Big old wooden bone. Number six, that goddamn horn. Number five. Why school and why steal a soccer chant? I don't get it. Just because they call it football in Europe, it doesn't make it the same sport. I don't know. Come up with your own thing. Like, we suck. We suck. We suck. We suck. We suck. We suck. <laughs> That's better. I would, I would help you chant that. Me Number too. four, the amount of Super Bowl wins is equal to their fans' IQ score. That's why they suck. Did you see that fucking moron put... Oh, the Viking, the Packers have won as many Super Bowls as the Vikings have since some stupid yeah, fucking since, last since, week. Kirk Cousins, <laughs> since Kirk Cousins joined the team, or Kirk Cousins has won. <laughs> the Packers has won as many Super Bowls as Kirk Cousins uh -oh. has since. Oh my God, pendejo imbecil, moron, Jesus. Number number three, they concentrate on beating the Packers only. That's all they ever talk about. They don't talk about, I mean, all of their coaches show up. Well, they, and they beat themselves the same thing. too, you know, yeah. all the time. Well, but they, they always show up. The first thing the coaches say is like, welcome coach. You're the brand new coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He goes, let me tell you how I'm going to beat the Packers. What about a Super Bowl, pal? What about a Super Bowl? Worry about yourself. Number, number two, they hang a banner for everything. New fonts in the office, banner. Different mustard on the concourse, banner. Banner. <laughs> Terrible. And the number one reason of the top 10 reasons the Vikings suck, have we mentioned the fans? Fucking idiots. Oh, they're not Absolutely. even fun to interact with. No, no, no. Well, there's two no. dudes. There's two dudes on Twitter that are down to earth on Twitter. They're not bad. Yeah, there's. I think there's two out of all of their fans. Maybe Absolutely. three, right? Maybe three. The worst part is, is where I live, it's so close to Minnesota that those are like the preferred games that are on the regular channels. So I have to buy the NFL Sunday tickets so I can watch the Packers. Or I end up watching Minnesota, you know, 
beat another go. team that didn't make the playoffs. You know, we it's just like the Cowboys. This. There's a way where you can do IPTV and not have to pay for the Sunday ticket, dude. I, I understand there's a way to cheat the system. And it's you not know what? cheating. You pay for it. I'm ready for it. You just show me okay. how. I'll make okay. that happen. There's no yeah. doubt. Yeah. <laughs> right on, man. It's Ten been a years, uh, direct TV oh. had me on the hook with that fucking bullshit where really? I would pay for direct TV, which was useless. And they give you one year of free NFL, but it's a two year contract. So every two years I would renew, get one year pay for one, one year pay for one until I finally got tired of it, dude, because direct TV sucks. My ass. Hashtag well, not a sponsor. We don't get uh, direct TV up here. It's uh, Bell uh bell mts and it uh it is uh the sunday ticket um but it, this is the interesting thing so up here uh we can't show american commercials they have to be canadian commercials so when you guys cut to commercials heaven forbid we we watch a snickers or a doritos commercial even though there's hundreds of those on the shelves That's very communist of canada isn't it weird <laughs> it is the strangest and there has been protests and i mean this serious protests and and signing of uh you know sign my form here and help That's us the canadian and lesson finally, right now buddy finally what they do now for the super bowl because especially for the super bowl we like to see the american commercials we we buy toyotas we buy fords we eat doritos we drink pepsi it's okay to show us these commercials right we don't need to see the same canadian tire commercial about snow tires for a three-hour episode of the of, of football we don't need to see that so there's actually two different channels now that you watch the Super Bowl on. And one of them is a, we'll show all the Canadian commercials and blah, blah, blah. And the other one is a, we'll show the American commercials, right? You get all the American commercials and no one, no one watches the Canadian of course one. Not. It's all about the commercials. If you don't like the teams that are playing, you'll watch the game in anticipation of all the cool commercials, right? So... A big switch that I did last year to this year that I recommend to anybody who speaks Spanish and understands Spanish. If you've got Amazon Prime, those Thursday night games with the Mexican duo of announcers for Prime, they have an ex-NFL player, a lineman that just, you know, that's the color dudes are like a lineman, right? And then you've got the regular, but dude, it is it is a treat to listen to that, especially after we get Troy Aikman, Joe Buck doesn't bother me, but Troy Aikman's a hot garbage piece of shit that I can't stand who, whose testicles sat, can't even reach the floor of where any of our quarterbacks have been, yet he takes it upon himself to complain about how he could have done this better or he missed that throw when, come on, dude, you were fucking useless and you won Super Bowls because of a team, not because of you. So go fuck yeah. yourself and stop telling me that my Packers suck and you know everything. But anyway, the Amazon Prime broadcast the spanish broadcast is bad ass have you been watching uh, uh the mannings do monday night football i watched it twice and the interviews first off peyton is bothered by the interviews and does not want to be interrupted while he's no, watching the no. game football's on you can see yeah. he's into the game he's like i gotta yeah. stop yeah yeah so the interviews don't go very well because you've got no personality manning the younger brother um, trying to drive an interview with a dude that's not even watching the fucking game, and you see Peyton jump on the go. Oh, and the other dude's just kind of like, "What the fuck is going on?" It yeah, is, it was a good idea, not great execution. So 
Uh, I don't know. I like it. I like I mean, it. I like it. This than, is the way it should better be. Than the regular team. It's, it's like when you watch, uh, if you like, like Tony Romo doing the uh, broadcasting there, right? There was a handful mm -hmm. of times he said, "Well, here he goes. We're gonna set this uh, same play up again, and uh, looks like they're gonna." Uh, he goes, "Looks like this. We're gonna see a handoff this time." And it was before they even called it, and right away they handed it off, and you're like, "Tony Romo's a smart motherfucker." Yeah. Right. Like that's what he, you want. In a, he sees those want. plays and immediately, and that's that's what I see. When the defense is lining up, my brain quickly takes a flash and it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Here's this guy, here, this gap, that gap, that gap. Here's the hole. Right? Immediately my brain goes, here's the hole. This is where we're playing at here. We're we're gonna try and lead him over here and see if he goes over here, right? And this is how to defeat this, right? Like that's as soon as I see that, my brain does that. But he remembers play after play after play and I mean, that's, it's impressive. It's really impressive. You know, Tony Romo, you want to come on the pod, Tony, you let me know you're on, yeah. bud. You're I'll give on. you some Coronas. We can have yeah, some you, Coronas. You can have Coronas. You probably don't want to come up here because it is uh, kind of snowing and uh, windy up here right now. Probably want to go down to El Paso and stay there. Absolutely. Dude, this was fun. Absolutely, brother. You take care and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Saturday is going to be a humdinger. A humdinger. <laughs> right on. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. I've got some Vikings guy that's just trolling me and I absolutely of love it. He I, is. I've just been, I've just been just bringing the heat. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't let up on him at all. And I'm like, I got like 30 more insults. Go ahead. Say something. Uh, oh God. <laughs> I'm all lined up here for a Vikings fan. I sharpen the Ginsu's. As soon as I saw this, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's 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 Vikings week." I was like, "Matt salivating at the mouth right now." Oh. <laughs>